Hello everyone and welcome down to episode number 15 of the Down South Photo Show. No idea why I emphasise 15 so much. 15 sounds important, but I guess we've we've made it to episode number 15. Welcome to the show with me, Brendan Waits, and my good mate down in Tasmania, Cameron Blake. Good evening, Cameron. Good evening, Brendan. Is the 15 in reference to the last time Melbourne won a premiership, 1915? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yes. Twits. Thank you. No, no, it was 1964. It was 57 years ago. Smart ass. No okay. need for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, th- this, like this that's not going... long enough already. <laughs> you, you might people might be listening to this after we know the result of the upcoming grand final. So they, you they must... will. Um, but this went yeah. out on Friday night, just on grand final eve. Yeah. Who knows, eh? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's. This has been the longest two weeks of my life. I can't believe they made me <laughs> after making me wait fifty-seven years. Have made me wait an extra week. Um, yeah. So well, they've been in a grand. They've been in a grand since then, haven't they? Two thousand. I've seen them in the grand final in two thousand, and I've seen them in the grand yep. final in nineteen eighty-eight as well. Oh yes. Um, but yeah, no no victories in my lifetime. So. Uh, Fingers crossed, everything crossed. What will be, will be, but uh, very, very excited here at the Waits household. We've we've got our merch. You have got your merch. For people listening, Brendan is wearing a Give Em Hell Melbourne Grand Final 2021. I think your microphone's scratching on your thing there a bit as well. Well, it'll do that. But but that's, blame the merch. Blame the merch. Yeah. It won't matter if they. Who gives a shit about the microphone if Melbourne win? No, that's exactly that's exactly right. And um, yeah. no, no. We're as I say, we're 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 very very excited here and looking yeah, forward cool. to the big game. Um, it's been a beacon this year, the footy with everything that's been going on. Yeah. Re COVID nineteen and all that sort of stuff. Um, we went back into lockdown again. The eighth time we've been put into lockdown. Right. Um, so we are now pretty much in lockstep with Melbourne and hopefully awesome. we won't be in lockstep with Melbourne until the 26th of October. Mm. But that could very well be the case. We don't know. We're just waiting to see uh, yeah. what's going to happen. So it's... Well, uh, fingers, fingers crossed for it all. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate. And um, mm. I know I know, down in sunny Tasmania or windy <laughs> Tasmania, mm. you, you guys have still been uh, managed to yeah. avoid cases. So that's great. Yeah, we're struggling with uh, seven less lockdowns than you guys, so um, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, we've had a yeah very windy couple of days down here and more weather on its way, so uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, but we better thank some subscribers first, I think. Before we get into our show, we better Absolutely. say thing. I didn't actually look at where we're at. Where are we at with our subscribers? Do you want me a quick look? You can have a quick look and tell us what our subscriber count yeah. is at but the moment. Sure, surely it's at least a couple of hundred. It's getting... Uh, I last check, Ooh. I think we were close to the 190 mark. We are sitting on 190, so... Well, there you go. That's pretty good. So thank you to the 190. We need 10 more to get us up to 200. Um, so thank you for all tuning in. Make sure you share it with all your mates and subscribe if you're, and like. If you're watching this on YouTube for the first time or if you're watching on YouTube for the second or third time and you still haven't hit the subscribe button, do us a little favor. It's free to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button below. Uh, if yep. you want to hit the little notification bell next to it as well, it means you will be notified when us two people, yep. lovely people, uh, go sure. live again with another episode. Yeah. Well, I reckon how, how about this? If Melbourne... If Melbourne lose the grand final, because they're going to lose, uh, we'll do a, we'll do a live show next week and just watch Brendan cry for an yes, hour. Yes. So um, Cam's been doing me a favour all year and put the hard <laughs> jinx on everyone playing against Melbourne all year. So yep. we are keeping it's, sticking to that tradition. It's cost me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I've been backing against things, and it's working though. Yes, so that's right. We'll so have, I'll have to drop some money on. Uh, on the Bulldogs on the weekend. Put your entire mortgage on them. That'd be great. Thanks, mate. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anyway, um, enough about Back that. Back to the photo show. <laughs> we, that's right. Um, photographically speaking, Cameron, what what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, uh, a bit of everything, really. Um, yeah, we went out to Cradle Mountain. Uh, when was that? I went out with a friend uh, to Cradle Mountain. There was a bit of snow around. We got the shots behind us here. So did a little bit of that kind of stuff. Um, but I haven't done heaps other apart from just go to Cradle Mountain a few times, really. So, um, yeah, we've had a little bit of snow around and it wasn't as great as I thought it was. But uh, in between here and there, I'm actually, uh, we've got an announcement I'll make later on about what I teased about last week. Uh, and I've been getting some stuff organized for that. Um, so, yeah, pretty much a lot of more behind the scenes sort of photography stuff than out, out in the field. But 
Uh, we have a really big event coming uh, over the weekend, Friday into Saturday and possibly Sunday, where we're expecting snow down to sea level, which is only about the second or third time since we've lived here we've, we've had that forecast. So that might be a bit of entertainment for the weekend. Uh, I don't want to get stuck anywhere where I can't get back and watch the footy though. So uh, I'll be if I do go somewhere, I'll be uh, I'll be picking my locations very very quickly. So you you are planning on heading out to photograph? Um, yeah, I think I might. I'll see how we go. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that got on um, family wise and stuff like that. I just need to make sure I can get out. But this this these events don't happen too often, and you know they've given us a map of Tassie on the Bureau of Meteorology and the whole, apart from Launceston, everything else is getting snow across the entire state. So um, Friday night into Saturday. So Saturday morning, we could wake up with snow at our house here. So um, so yeah, those are kind of of days of weather I want to get out and play around a bit. So Bloody hell, um, we might might, uh, get a little dusting on the hills sort of nearby me. Well, it's funny though because I thought the same thing. I thought maybe uh, you know Southern Victoria might get some, but it's it's literally skimming across the bottom half of Tasmania. Really, this cold front. Right. Um, so we have, we like I said, we've had a lot of wind over the last day. Uh, Mount Wellington in here in Hobart had 172 kilometres per hour wind gust, which is I think almost Cyclone Two category, which Outrageous. is nuts. That was that that was last night, and we woke up about three o'clock last night, and the windows are rattling and. The, it was howling, um, which is unusual because usually it's been night when it's windy like that, and it wasn't been night last night. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that would um, uh, that'd uh, blow your dog off heat. It would absolutely. Um, so that's that's been pretty much my week. You, you're obviously having a different week to I am. You've um, you're not doing anything really. <laughs> you're locked down. Yeah, yeah, we got we got uh, plunged back into lockdown, and um, it actually it, it has uh, this time around. It sort of took us took a lot of people by surprise. We thought we had this little roadmap out, but we yeah. evidently it was a roadmap back in. But so yeah. be it. We we we're, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But um, what it actually did this time around was I jumped on my PC here in the office, and I actually went back through. A few old folders of photos that I've oh, yeah. been taking over the last probably two three years, and I uncovered a couple of gems that I actually completely forgot that I'd even mm. had. I mean, I, so quite often this is not our topic for tonight, but we'll start here. Um, quite often I will, when I go out on a shoot, I'll take. I mean, you know, depending on the conditions, you, you could come back with potentially a hundred, two hundred images that that are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you start the process of you know, narrowing the field and then you get into your editing and cleaning up your images and that sort of stuff. And I'll always create a folder within my folder of the images. It's just called Keepers. Yep. And inside that, are obviously, the Keepers, the ones that I might want to sell, the ones that I might want to put on my website. And always within that, there's one standout image normally yep. there's like yep. one that you remember taking you go yeah yeah that was the when i shot yep. it i knew that was the image yeah but quite often either side of that or, or within that folder you will find a couple of hidden gems and yeah this time around i completely forgot about a couple of photos uh yep. one of which i put up on my facebook page this morning and um yeah it was a it was a pleasant surprise and i think i'm going to have to dig deep into a few old hard drives while we're in lockdown yeah um yeah. and and i might uncover a few old photos that uh, i sort of forgot that i had yeah i've done that a few times as well i've got hard drives everywhere but every now and then i um i'll go and it's funny we're talking about snow on the weekend i always go back whenever there's a snow event i always go back and check the same dates like going back in the years and it's amazing how, how uh, repetitive Mother Nature is. Like, there's always something around the same time. But yeah, every now and then you go back. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that day. Oh yeah, I remember that shot. I mean, I actually thought about that shot, and and I, I why not I touch it when I came back? I like, just put it on the hard drive and feel all about it. So they are good when you can find those little Easter eggs hiding on your um, on your hard drive. Yeah, no, it was as I say, it was quite good. And I've got mm. similar to you. I've got folder after folder of yeah. And I'm really bad at organising my stuff. I, I preach to students or people that I do workshops with how to do it, and I don't do it myself. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> I'm the worst. I do, this, I do the same. Everyone says to me, "It's like, so Cam, how do you organise stuff?" I'm yeah. like, Well, you do this. Your keyword. You do this. You yeah. make collections. And, oh yeah. And key, then I, 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 yeah, I, right. Yeah. I open, <laughs> I open up. I open up my laptop to do a session. I might be like, "Boy, you've got crap everywhere." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's yeah. how I organise it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But you you know where it all is. Yeah, it's there somewhere. It's like my desk here. I know where everything is. Yeah. 
Don't touch yeah. it, anyone. All right. I yeah. know where everything yeah. is. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So um, aside from that, um, uh, what else have we been up? Well, uh, did some gardening today. There you go. Mm. That's there that's that's how what has come to. Yeah, right. <laughs> you are getting bored. <laughs> actually, built a retaining wall, and I'm actually quite tired. <laughs> so right, there you when, go. When you haven't um, dug a hole for a while, and then you've got to dig a few of them, and then yeah, lift stuff, it can yep. yeah, it can sort of tuck you out. But uh, anyway, we um, we that thought what we would reminds reminds me of the castle, Dad. I dug yeah, a dug hole. A hole. <laughs> it's filling with water. <laughs> I yep. love that movie. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah. We thought what we would do tonight, um, we, we've probably sort of brushed over this already. We're up to episode 15, so um, we're, we're, con- we're conscious of not covering old ground too soon. But And, and I think throughout the podcasts, we, you've heard us talking about uh, our approach to landscape photography, and Cam and I do have slightly different approaches to it, which is good because it means you guys will learn more. Um, but we thought we would sort of do a... Um, a top six of our best tips for better landscape photos. We say a top six because that means Cam can have three and I can have three. So um, we can wrap it on a little bit, um, sort of you do one and I'll do one sort of stuff. Yeah, sounds good. So because we... I get asked a lot, you know, and it's really hard. Like if if you're not doing a workshop, I mean, you can't just answer, how do I take better landscape photos? Well, you know... How long have you got? So that's why I just thought we'd narrow this list down a little bit. Um, And these are sort of, um, I call them my top tips, but, you know, there's probably 30 top tips, but, you know, these these are three. I I think... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right as well. Like you, you do get asked that a lot. It's like, oh, how do you how do you take nice landscape shots? Or it's the same as asking a marathon runner, like, how do you run a marathon? Well, they just don't get out of bed and do it. Like, there's a lot of other things, like, a lot of planning, a lot of training, a lot of things like that. So it's very very hard to to pinpoint one or two things that people can take away and, and make it work for them. Like that's that's a progress and. Um, I think sometimes that's where people get a bit frustrated. They rock up to workshops or they go out with their mates who might shoot a bit differently or a bit better than them and they get a little bit disheartened that they're not walking away with those same sort of quality shots or interesting shots that everyone else might be. So I'm hoping these top six, three of each, um, these tips might give people a bit more, just a couple of things to focus on instead of getting muddled yeah. with all yeah. the noise. Yeah, and, and um, I think that's a really valid point and, and I could um, umbrella all my tips with the with the first one and, and uh, well, you know, one above everything else, and that is yeah. probably lower your expectations a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. going out. You, I w- I've never once gone out with my camera and said I'm going to take a great photo. It just yeah. does never works like that, and that's the wrong yeah. mindset to go in with because you get frustrated. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. got you got to you got to let the moments come to you. Yeah, yeah. But having having the right mindset for a, for, for a start is number yeah. one. Um, so yeah. uh, shall I go first? Yeah, you, you, yeah, you go first. Shall I lead? Yeah. Beauty before the beast. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number one for me um, is stop looking at the latest camera gear and get out there. So what that means is you've got a camera. Now, it could be your iPhone, your Samsung phone, whatever phone you've yeah. got. That's a start. Yeah. That's actually now, that's a great start. Um, yeah. They have fantastic cameras on them. But if you've already got yourself a SLR camera of some description, um, yeah. get out there and use it. And a lot of people um, talk to me about gear and always wanting the latest gear. Um, we've said this many times on the podcast already, but the gear does not does not make the photo. You no. make the photo. The gear takes the yeah. photo. So yeah. very, very big difference. Subtle, but big difference. <laughs> um, I, I, can give, I can give you a perfect example of that right now. I bought, I bought this camera, I'm not, and this is not me showing off my camera gear, but I've got this beautiful Leica, which is a black and white Leica. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a wanky camera for what... But I wanted to start doing a bit more black and white stuff, pure black and white in the sense of digital, as opposed to converting... So this doesn't. This is a black and white sensor. It doesn't have a color sensor on the front of it, or color, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this is a really nice camera. Quite expensive. Beautiful lenses. Beautiful cameras. I'm still struggling to get this camera to produce images that I am enjoying. So I, it's it's one of the nicest cameras you can buy, but I'm still not getting the results I want out of it. So regardless of how good the camera is and how expensive it is, it makes absolutely no difference to your photos yeah. if if you're not using it properly or if you're not 
going out with the right mindset or like you said you know you know getting out to the you're not going to you're not going to buy your way to better photography um that's that's why the second part of that tip is you know stop looking at the latest camera and get out there so um you know spend your money on and i'm sorry to say this in a time like this but spend your money on travel (laughs) (laughs) okay spend your money on a Airbnb. I think we just lost 190 subscribers. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, yeah. look, get get out as far as you can at the moment, and yep. and take yep. photos, and and use your gear until you you can't use it anymore. Replace yep. your camera when it breaks, yep. <laughs> or you lost well, it. Here's a good one for you. So, for example, you're taking a landscape shot, f16 ISO 100, two second exposure, this beautiful sunset. That setting is exactly the same on any other camera. It doesn't matter what camera you're using, that setting's always going to be the same. So like you said, stop chasing the latest gear and thinking it's going to improve your photography because nine times out of ten, it's not. Um, if you are going to go down the avenue, if you've, if you've got money to burn, put it into your lenses. You know, Buy really good glass, buy a sharper glass, buy faster glass, uh, buy some zoom lenses, buy some better wide-angle lenses. But you're 100% right. Um, so many people spend so much time researching cameras. And it's the same with the pixel peepers as well. Um, you get a, I get a lot of people that sort of get photos and they, just, they pixel peep, like 400, 400% on the screen. It's like, oh, it's not that sharp. I'm like, it's 400%. Like, it, <laughs> you, you, you don't need, you know, never look at it like that. Yeah. So stop thinking that you need, you know, a 100 megapixel or 50 megapixel or a $5,000 lens or whatever. Just get it right um, yeah. and stop spending so much time looking at cameras. Like you said, get out there, travel around where you can, experience different locations and and enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah, no, for sure. And and all very, very sage advice. And, you know, like I said, we, I mean, here's, if you need any more proof, I, I own a camera store. It's my job to sell you the latest <laughs> yeah. gear. And yeah. here I am saying, stop buying the latest gear. And yeah. you know, buy it once and yeah. go and take your photos. And as I say, yeah. when it breaks, come and see me. Then I'll help you with another one. Yeah, and I think, like we touched on this last week when we were talking about the manual mode. I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, the manual manual modes and you know people shooting in manual only. Um, I think think people just get buried in this idea that you've got to have the the big the bigger and the better the gear and the, the more manual you shoot it the better your photos will be and it it, it can't be further from the truth. Um, it's it comes back. You're an artist. You know you're a photographer. It comes back to you putting your vision or your you know your interpretation or something via that camera. The camera is just a tool to capture your imagination and what you see. So. Yeah, I agree. Stop stop wasting so much time on camera gear. Funny coming from you who still hasn't bought a new camera and you've been looking for the last 25 years. But yeah, and get out there and, and actually, like I said, just explore around and, you know, that, that, that's, um, that sort of leads into um, my sort of one. I'll swap mine around just so it goes in there. So um, location, location, location for me is what can definitely help you improve your, your landscape photography so and again you know at the moment it's all a bit crappy because people can't go anywhere but there's so many places that uh, when we were in lockdown here back last year uh, we only had that small travel thing and mount wellington luckily for us was you know just 10 k's away whatever it is and i'd lived here for 10 years and i'd barely spent any time exploring that mountain and there is just some incredible locations on that mountain that i've never known about uh, walking tracks, uh, views, uh, vegetation, flowers. Um, so you don't have to go far to, to get different locations. But instead of just going back to the same spot, you know, if you you know, I know it's a bit hard with people at the moment, but you know, when everyone gets a bit more freedom, don't keep going back to that same spot every week. Ex- explore around a bit more, go a bit further down the road, walk a bit further. You know, take a holiday, take a weekend, take your family away, explore a different region of wherever you are. Because that's how you're going to start getting those different photos. So I think if people, you know, if we put it into a social media sense where everyone wants to sort of get some nice reactions on online, Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, if you keep putting up the same shot of the same beach or the same mountain or the same forest, you're not going to get that much interest. There's only so many times you can shoot the same location. So change your locations around, explore a bit more um, and go to places you not you wouldn't normally go because guarantee there'll be something that catches your eye. And even if it doesn't catch your eye, it just educates you to look at different regions differently and different places differently. So you're sort of teaching yourself as you go along. Yeah, 100%. And it's really valid as well because when you're challenging yourself. So if you go to, again, like Cam said, if you go to the same location over and over again, there's no challenge there. You know what you're going to be in for. 
um, yeah. which can be fine if you if you've got photographers block and you just have to have your go to spot, which we've all got. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, by the sounds of it, yours is Cradle Mountain. You know, yeah. for me, it's the Point Lonsdale Lighthouse, which I've shot forty billion photos of. But, <laughs> but yeah. the the couple of times where I've gone, oh, hang on a minute. So, uh, as an example, here along the coast, um, we have all these beach access points, and they're all numbered. And That's right. you know, yeah. uh, I've been in this area now fifteen years, and I still haven't been to every single beach access point. So. Um, you know that that's that's a little thing in the back of my mind is like, well, I've never done three W or I haven't been out to twenty five yeah. W or anything, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. doing that sort of stuff. And most of the time, I go to these locations because I know the angle of them and they're going to be facing the sunset. Well, that's fish yeah. in a barrel. Let's 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 you know yeah. test ourselves out a little bit here and let's try and that's get something right. that's not facing sunrise yeah. or sunset so yeah well that's exactly right and and the shot that's behind me that people can't see it's it's a shot of all these pandeni trees i've been to cradle mountain a gazillion times and i've never been to that spot before yep. and it's literally it's literally a five minute walk from a car yeah and i i just we went there it wasn't as much snow as we thought we uh, the, we couldn't see cradle mountain so it was a bit a little bit against us what we wanted to do and I said to my friend, I said, well, you know, we're not going home. We'll, we'll go here. And I said, I've never walked down here. So we literally just walked down. We came across this forest of pandeni trees. Um, there's a, a, a bit further down, there's all these beautiful old pencil pines. So I've all automatically just found this whole new region of a place I've been to a thousand times that's probably going to offer me up now another two or three months of exploring when I go up there and each time go a bit further, go a bit deeper and go a bit longer in, into these little forests and have a look because I've never been there before. So it's all exciting and it's all, all new. So... How good yeah. is that? And I was, I was no, actually, I was going to actually ask you. I mean, um, how how long does it take you to get to Cradle Mountain from Hobart? So Cradle Mountain is about four hours. Um, so yeah, I, I love the place. I really think it's it's almost like the Yosemite National Park of Australia. Um, it has so much going for it in in all aspects. Whether or not you like wildlife, rivers, waterfalls, mountains, forests, it's it's pretty much got it all. Um, so I, I've been there a hell of a lot of time. Run workshops up there. Um, do a bit of work with parks in there as well, so parks and wildlife. So, um, but I, it's not unusual for me to do a day trip to Cradle Mountain if there's going to be a big weather event. I'll leave first light and go there until well after dark, which is what I was, a huge day. What I was angling at because um, mm. it must be really difficult being in Tasmania because it's a stunning place. You must be in the car going to Cradle Mountain, for example, and like, oh my, look at that. Oh, geez, I wouldn't mind going <laughs> yeah. up there. Or you know, there must yeah. be a lot of that going yeah. on. Yeah, there is, and and there's not many roads. Like I've had, I've been here ten years, and I've had two cars. I reckon, I reckon it wouldn't be unusual for me to have done almost three hundred thousand k's around Tassie in mm. ten years. Mm. And I've been down almost every road you can get access to, um, just because I, I'm I exactly. I'm driving along to one place. And I'm like, oh, hang on, that looks all right. Let's go down here. And having a four wheel drive, you can get a bit off the beaten track and. Um, so yeah, like we're, we're blessed down here, but like even the same thing in Victoria, like I've only started thinking about it recently since you've all been in lockdown and all friends and family and stuff that, geez, I, there's so much of Victoria I never actually went and saw. Yeah. Um, you know, even though I've been shooting for quite a while now, the last 10 years have all been Tasmania based. Um, you know, I'd love to spend some more time in the Grampians, I'd love to spend heaps more time down your way. Um, even down, you know, down Gippsland Way, uh, up Mirambilla Way, like um, up sorry Mildura Way, and up that way, yeah, a little desert and all those kind of oh, places. The, the, so the entire that, the entire length yeah. of the Murray is beautiful. Right? Yeah, magnificent yeah, right. places. There's a there's a spot that's right on my radar at the moment, and I'm hoping to get to it before the end of the year if we can make it work. And it's called Gumbauer Island. Have you heard of that place? Right. No, so it's not Gunbauer Park. No, you know, Gunbauer <laughs> Island, which is um, basically, uh, if you've heard of a little town of Kahuna or... Um, I have heard of Kahuna. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Achuca, Kahuna. So between Achuca and Kahuna, basically, um, is this national park called Gunbauer Island. And um, yeah. you can camp there. You can... Um, the, apparently the wildlife is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. And yeah. no one talks about it, so um, yeah. I'm talking about it, so, and it's on the list. Yeah, yeah, we, we have places like that in Tassie where people are like, oh, I've never heard of that, like little national parks or reserves and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, for me, it's uh, get out and explore, have a look around, uh, get to know your locations more, and that, that'll definitely improve you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So my um, next tip for taking better landscape photo photos 
Fototos. How am I going? You say fototos, I say fototos. <laughs> Landscape fototos, everybody. Yep. Um, this is the down south photo, uh, fototo show. Fototo show. <laughs> um, buy a good tripod, people. Yeah. Um, God damn it, buy a good tripod because, yeah. you know, you see the... So people will want to get into photography... They'll go to a big merchant, um, I'm not going to name names, but a big department store, and they will be selling these kits where you get an SLR, you get a wide-angle lens, you get a zoom lens, you might get a third lens, like a portrait lens or something, portrait lens that they call it, and hey, look, you get a free tripod. It's like, fantastic, mate, that thing is worth about eight bucks, and it is not stable enough to hold the camera they just sold you. Yeah, yeah. So the amount of flimsy ass tripods that I see, and it's like you know, and and it it needs to be like three knots of wind, and the thing starts to wobble. Um, You might as well be sitting it on your head. It's you know. So um, get a good solid tripod, and I know that tripods can be a pain in the bum to carry. They um, and solid tripods, as a general rule, are heavy. I get all that, but having a good, I mean, so. It might be just for shoots that you're doing from your car, so you might be able to park pretty close to where you where, you, yeah, where you're right. taking your photos. Then then take a good heavy tripod. So the tripod I'm yeah. currently rocking and have been now for 14 years is a Manfrotto 055. Um, yep. Brilliant tripod. 15, 14, 15 years old. I've had the thing completely yep. submerged in salt water. Um, <laughs> kick the absolute crap out of it, and it just goes and goes and goes. So yeah. uh, we I, are I not sponsored actually, by I'm Manfrotto. Right. No, I reckon I've actually got that tripod. I've bought that from my uni days. That's yeah. going back 15, 20 years. Yeah, so. so it's the 055, and it's the one with the head, uh, the uh, the center column comes up, yeah, it comes and you can and lean it, it sideways. Outside. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, there you go. I, that is the best tripod I have ever owned, and, and seriously, yeah. I don't think I'll ever buy another tripod until that I lose that one. Yeah. See, I'm a bit different with tripods because of all the hiking I do. I've got a lightweight one, uh, like a Manfrotto lightweight one, which I love. Uh, and I've got a bigger, heavier one for some of my other gear, the film cameras and stuff like that. But again, yeah, tripods, I, I, I say it religiously on my workshops. I don't religiously say buy a good tripod. I relig- religiously say I hate tripods because they do my head in because you either get your fingers caught in them, they get tangled up, you're trying to get this crap all sorted out, you're uneven ground, you've got rocks, you've got trees, and they do my head in, but they are super essential. And the reason they're, they're super essential is keeps your camera steady, increases your sharpness, allows you to do long, longer, slower shutter speeds, um, and it's just a better way to take photos. And if anything, the, the benefit I see to tripods, apart from hating them, is that they slow you down, and I think slowing you down is a good thing with photography. So, you know, you get to a spot, you can't rush setting up a tripod and get it all right without hurting yourself, really. Um, so to me, they're good because they make you slow down a bit. But yeah, 100%. Tripod is definitely. Uh, if we did have a sponsor, maybe, maybe they'd give us one to give away for the show, but yeah. we don't have one. Well, so. we'll, we'll get one. Don't you worry. You reckon? Oh, well, you, got, a, you got contacts, haven't you? I've got a great feeling. No, I normally wear glasses. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's a terrible joke. Jesus. Let's... <laughs> that's terrible. Dad jokes. You're on form tonight. I'll be, right. I'll be here. Um, no, well, hang on. I'm not finished on tripods. Oh, well, I was. <laughs> because <laughs> you, I hear what you're saying about um, uh, being heavy and clumber, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Um, if you're prepared to spend a few extra bucks, carbon fiber tripods are now very, very commonplace yeah. uh, and are a heck of a lot lighter. They don't they quite offer the same same stability purely because they don't carry the weight in the legs. However, yeah. there are techniques you can um, you can have a get a sandbag. You can weigh your tripod down that that way. I tell yeah. you what, the old the humble Oki strap. Keep one yeah. in your camera bag and hook it onto your tripod and put on a rock. Um, yep. I've done that many times and it's really, really helped. So yeah, absolutely. Um, simple little tip for using your tripod. Beautiful. And for those guys who have bought the tickets to the BFOP, the Bright Festival of Photography, which I think there is a few from the show have told me they have bought tickets now, um, I'll be showing off a few different tripods uh, along the way. Um, so each shoot I'll have a couple of different tripods. So you'll get a bit of an idea of what size tripod I use and where and when. So if you're tuning in, um, I think one of the sponsors for the festival may also be offering some cheaper deals on some of the gear that we're all using. Um, so tune in for that if you've got a ticket. If not, beefopaustralia.com.au. Um, so you're done with tripods now? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, my second one, and again, um, it's funny, your, your first tour about equipment, 
which is interesting. My first two are more about nature and where you're going to be. Um, so to me, the second one is time of day. Uh, if there's one thing that can just excel your landscape photography, what are we calling it? Uh, for photography. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if you really want to excel your, your landscape photography, time of day is crucial. So we talk about these golden hours and we talk about these blue hours and all these other different times of day. Um, you know, sunrise and sunsets are a beautiful time of day to get up and shoot the beautiful light. Uh, like I said, early morning after sunrise is good. Early, uh, late afternoon before the sun goes down is really good. But it's so easy. Like so many people go to the you know, Cradle Mountain's a great example. So many people rock up to Cradle Mountain. They get up there. They have lunch. They come out after lunch. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. The mountains just covered in harsh shadows, blue skies, and they're out there with their big professional gear and tripods, trying to take a really nice shot. Now it'd still be a nice shot, but. You know, getting there earlier in the morning or getting there later in the afternoon, you just get so much better light. You get warmer light, softer shadows. Uh, generally, the weather can be a bit different around sunrise and sunsets as well. Uh, if you're out as much as I do, you'll notice that when the sun pops up, the wind kicks in a bit. You start getting a little bit of difference in the weather. And same in the afternoon, you know, the wind drops off when that sun drops down. Uh, and you still get that bit of time, you know, 30 minutes before sunrise and 30 minutes after sunset for that beautiful blue hour or blue half hour. But yeah, time of day to me, um, when I was getting you know, better at my craft, that was the one thing that I consciously noticed that, hang on a sec, why am I going here at 10 o'clock in the morning? I should be here at you know, half hour before sunrise. And my shot quality just went through the roof real quickly. So you know, it's all about, you know, same as what you said, number one, stop looking at cameras, but get out there. Um, get out there, get up early, prepare yourself. And, you know, the time of day will pay you back in dividends with your, um, your photographs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not a lot more I can add to that. I mean, the only one thing I will uh, point out, and I know a lot of people go through this um, when they're... So I got into photography pre-kids, and <laughs> I think my photography was better pre-kids. And Damn, most kids. the reason for that, of course, is because those hours where you want to be out there shooting are the witching hours. Yeah. It's when the kids have gotten yeah, yeah. up. And yep. you've got to sort them out or they're getting ready for bed. And, and, <laughs> and you know, there's only so many times yep. where you can call on the favour of the of the good wife. Yep. And, you know, so... Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, I, I found... God, God, God bless the wives. They oh, <laughs> well, that's right. Um, or, or husbands, as the a case sh may a be. Sh a, shout, a shout out to any other photography partners who may listen to this just to see how much their partner's going to spend on gear. Yeah. Um, uh, this, this goes out to you for being patient and allowing us the time to go out and enjoy what we love doing. Yeah, I, Lisa's I, sitting in the other room. I hope she's listening. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> I remember um, quite vividly we were down at Malakuta one time for a family holiday and my son was all of one and my daughter would have yeah. been three, three and a half. Yeah. And I was just itching to get out of the house to go and shoot the sunset. And then it occurred to me, well, I can take the three-year-old. So let's give, so yeah. let's give that a go. So I took yeah. her yeah. Um, that very Manfrotto tripod I was just talking about. I sat it up on the beach. I, yeah. I drew a little line that connected the legs, and I said, "There you go, sweetheart. You need to stay there for me." And she loved <laughs> yeah. it. She sat under the tripod. She played in the sand, and Beautiful. it allowed me to not have to focus hundred percent on the three year old and actually yeah. take photos as well. So yeah, but yeah, you're, you're right. Um, obviously, family gets in the way. Well, not in the way. It, it becomes a bit harder yeah. to do that. So <clears throat> that, that's why I think as well, like the time that you do get, um, cherish it because it is getting harder to get. Everyone's busy with everything, families, work, whatever it might be. So if you do get that time, you know, you've got to make the time to get better at photography. And if, if you do get that time, cherish it when you can with family, with friends. Uh, there's a lot of people down here in Tassie, and I'm sure there is in Victoria and Australia, where little communities go out. There's little groups of people. There's always friends that go out shooting together. Um, they're, they're awesome moments. You know, you might not get the best shot and you might not get the best conditions, but um, you still have that fun and games and you know, camaraderie and get out and debrief a bit. And Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm a little bit... I prefer to shoot on my own, um, yeah. but I think, and that's probably because I've I've never really been involved with one of those groups and gone out on yeah. a group thing. Um, yeah. But there's no reason why I can't give that a crack. I mean, the, but the the big yeah. thing for me is my kids are now starting to get. You know, I've now got a 15 year old and I'm about to turn 13 year old, so yeah. they're getting a bit more independent, and I don't have to sort yeah. of you know so, um, and getting them up for the sunrise, whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> Especially, well, we've just gone into school holidays and we're in lockdown. My kids are sleeping right, until so 11 a.m. <laughs> I, I can't wait for my kids to do that. My kids are up at Sparrows every day. Oh, it's, so. it's nice. It is nice. Yeah. It's, it's, one of the, yeah it's, it's, it's one of the good parts of parenting. Um, yeah. So uh, my, me, my tip? My, you, yeah, number three yep. for you. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a really simple one and, it's a, and at the same time it's quite broad and that is learn the basics of good, good composure. Um, and uh, finding compositions in nature can be quite challenging at times, um, but learning what to look for is really, really important. Um, you know, really solid foregrounds with, with you know, spectacular backgrounds, all that sort of stuff. That's, that's the holy grail that we're always looking for. Um, yeah. But if you start to get your mind around looking for good composures in your scene, not just how can I put this? Not just nice photos, but actually properly composing an image and just having yeah. that little bit of effort into making that composition look more appealing, more inviting. I get a real kick out of if I'm in the presence of someone who's looking at some of my photos and they might be going through a few photos and they stop yeah. and they look at a photo and you go, aha, yeah, that, that worked. Yeah. That moment yeah. where, some, where you get someone to stop and they're looking into the yeah. photo more, that's good composition. Yeah. So, Are they the, the naked chick photos? I beg your pardon. Are they the naked, naked chick photos? <laughs> well, when they're flicking through and they, what the hell? How do they get? Where did that come from? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we've all been there. It's very, very obscure from you, Cameron. <laughs> I know. I was, well, I was just uh, the only reason I'm thinking of that because I, I did a series of shots where I, it was called "Beautiful People in Beautiful Locations," and I, I went through a bit of a. I'm a sure I was patch. in it. I'm sure you weren't. <laughs> anyway. Um, I went through a bit of a patch where, I, like the landscape photography I was doing, and then speaking about how much I've been around Tassie, I went through a patch for a couple of months. Where I'm like, oh, not not bored, but I just sort of lost a bit of inspiration. And um, I saw a guy; uh, his name was Cam as well from Sydney, and he was doing these sort of nude portraits of males and females um, in landscapes. And I thought that's pretty cool. Like Tassie, like I, I can do a landscape. Can I put a person in it? So I put a bit of a call out to some models, male or female. All I got was female, not a single male model, which you know worked all right in the end, I guess. But um, <laughs> but I got um, a couple of models and we did these incredible shots all around Tassie. And it became a theme that they became like these little pixies in the photo. So it was these massive landscape images with these little nude models all sort of all one, you know, buried somewhere in the scene. And the same what you were saying about people flicking through your photos, I had the same thing, people were looking through my, and they'd stop at one, and they'd like double take, they're like, is that, a, is, that a, is that a lady in there? I'm like, yeah, there's little, and they weren't very big, like, you look, like almost like a Where's Wally. Hmm. Um, so that was a great fun, but uh, yeah, when you said that, that's why I thought I'd chuck in the, the <laughs> no, naked chick bit. No, I like it. Um, yeah. But yeah, learn, so, yeah, learning the basics of good composure, it, it can be as it can be as simple as maybe even going to the, to a familiar location, but just doing a slightly different approach to that location, yeah. lowering your eyes. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. few people do it where, you know, people rock up to a location. The first thing is they put the camera up to their eye and, you yeah. know, I'm, my eyes are roughly five and a half feet off the ground. I know yours are about four. Yeah. That's different. <laughs> but you put your camera up to your eye and, and they don't yeah. move. They just, oh, yeah, that looks, you yeah. know, no, no, no. Crouch down, get on your knees, yeah. get on your stomach, lay down, get yeah. on the on the beach. It's so cool yeah. shooting from the sand level. Um, yeah. can completely yeah, change it. And if you put that yeah. tiny bit of effort into the composition at the time, it'll pay dividends at the other end where you actually get a rather striking image. And the yeah. reason it's striking is because no one bothered to look from that perspective. Yeah, exactly right. And I think um, another one that's really, I think people, uh, and I was talking to Tom Putt about this the other day, about shooting, a lot of people shoot landscape with wide angle lenses, but so many people are exactly what you said, Brent. They they shoot at five foot or whatever their tripod is, but they also shoot on a horizontal sort of plane with with, with your with your wide angle lenses. If you've got like an eighteen to thirty five or a sixteen to whatever it might be, if you have something really cool in your foreground, you need to accentuate that, and that's where you need to probably have your angle. You can still have it at the same height. But actually, tilt it down so your lens is actually pointing forty-five degrees down to the to the sand or down to the rock or whatever it might be. Because if you just leave it out flat, parallel and horizontal to the horizon, you're just not going. You're just not going to bring that foreground into play. So next time you're out with your wide-angle lens, instead of just shooting it straight out, tilt it down a bit, and you'll see that because of the wide angle, your field of view becomes a lot more interesting. 
Um, I think another one which is really interesting for landscape photography and composition, uh, especially if you look at the likes of Peter Dombrovskis and, and places, people like that, is shooting portrait mode in landscape. So everyone thinks landscape photography, well, I've just got to shoot that way. You can actually shoot that way as well. And even more so if you have something interesting in your foreground, it just brings that foreground interest even more into the play. So don't be afraid to tip your, your camera into into portrait mode as well. You, you would be um, surprised how many people ask me for portrait orientation landscape photos. Yeah. And the reason it comes up a lot is because oh, I've got a stairwell and the, it's a yeah. long, tall wall and I need it to be vertical or I've got a spot next to my TV or I've got a wall spot that's, you know, this wide yeah. but it's quite tall. And quite often I find myself cropping my images vertically. So yeah. I'm taking a yeah. good third of the image away. Well, here's, a hot, here's a hot tip for you. Every time I go out now, I shoot horizontal and vertical. Pro tip. Pro tip. I do it. Yeah. <laughs> we do that. Diddle, diddle, <laughs> um, we... I do it. I, you know, like the shot behind me that we're talking about with the pandennies, I've shot that horizontal because I know it might make a nice wall shot for someone, but I've also shot it vertical. So I, I make a habit now of almost every scene I do just shooting it both ways. Yep. And the reason being is purely that, is that at some stage someone's going to say, hey, I love that shot, but I really like it as a portrait. And you're like, crap, I've got to crop the hell out of it yep. to get a portrait. Um, so, yeah, if you're out shooting, you know, take one both ways. Um, it, it makes a big difference. You know, we're not paying for film any anymore. You've got heaps and heaps of room on your memory card. So, you know, take a few shots horizontally and then change around to portrait mode. And you might find that you start shooting more in portrait mode than you do in landscape mode because especially if you're using wide angle, you can get more in that front of your scene as opposed to horizontal. So, yeah, absolutely. Good tips there. Absolutely. Cool. So learn the basics of good composure. Get into that. Yeah. And what you said as well, about uh, getting low on the sand or, you know, getting up high or getting down lower and, you know, and the reason why they, those photos come out and look a bit nicer or a little bit different is because no one else is doing them. That rolls into my third tip is be different. Um, don't be that typical Instagrammer influencer shot doing all the same stuff. Um, we get Instagrammers down here, Tourism Tasmania, you know, they bring a lot of uh, high-end uh, Instagrammers and influencers down here who have big reach, which is part of the business. But they all come down here and they go to Cradle Mountain, they all take the same shot. They go to Wine Glass Bay, they take the same shot. They go well at Mount Wellington, they take the same shot. If you really want to see an improvement in your landscape photography, definitely use those images as inspiration because they are beautiful images. But don't don't go and just copy them. Go and go. I, I go. I say my my motto is go one better. So if someone gets, puts up a great shot of Cradle Mountain, I use that as a bit of a kick up the ass. I'm like, that's a lovely shot. I can do better than that, yeah. and, I, and I can do different to that. And I go out there and I, I, I look at those scenes, and I go, that's been done, but where, where's my cam scene? Where, where can I get a shot that's completely different that might be a bit more interesting? So, you know, we all go to these places, you know, whether or not it's, you know, the, the 12, some apostles, the 12 apostles, or, you know, whether or not it's Sydney Harbour or, you know, up on the Gold Coast or Northern Territory, Airs Rock or Uluru, whatever it might be. There's millions of shots of those. The real challenge that I find is, getting a shot that's different, and if you do get a shot that's different, your learning curve at getting better shots for landscape photography just blows yourself through the roof because you start looking at things in a completely different way. So try and teach yourself not to follow suit and create your own sort of image from each shot you go to or each location. Very. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so sorry about the edit there, folks. Um, that's why my eyes have gone red because I had a massive <laughs> coughing fit. We tried to start again and it all came back. So yeah. it's like someone shoved cotton wool down my mouth. So um, everyone was pretty happy that I wasn't able to talk for a little while. Cam was wrapped. It was, but, uh, it was the best couple of minutes of the episode. Yeah, I, think. I think so. I think people were rewinding <laughs> and replaying that back. So uh, yeah. Um, that for the bloopers. Yeah, so we're looking at the time, and we, we are, it is getting away from us. We were. I was wanting to talk uh, about the new iPhone 13, and in particular the camera specs on that. But we're probably going to hold that off for a week. That'll give me a bit yeah, more time week. to do a bit more research and um, yep. have a bit more look at the new iPhone 13. Um, but we are going to launch into our dear cam segment. It's back for another week. It's back. Um, Dear Cam is a segment where we get you to fire in a question for my esteemed colleague over here, Cameron Blake, and he is going to try his best to answer it. Um, he may not always get it right, but he gives it a go. Yeah. 
I'll give it a crack. That's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, Dear Cam, this is from Philip McCallum. Do we know where Philip might be from? Uh, I didn't get that far. Fine. Hello, Phil. Yeah, g'day, Phil. Let us know where you're listening from. Um, Dear Cam, how is the Olympus for Astro Milky Way as I shot M50 Cannon? Does that mean I shoot M50 Cannon? Think, I think so. Thinking of a swap to OMD One Mark Three because my shoulders are stuffed. Thanks, <laughs> Philip McCallum. What, right, what, what are we thinking there, Cam? Well, that's not unusual for someone's shoulders to be stuffed after hanging onto a camera, a Canon, for so long. Uh, not sponsored by Canon, and not going to be. Clearly not. Um, <laughs> so um, this is this is actually a question I get asked a bit. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm very passionate about Olympus and do a fair bit of work for them about with the workshops and stuff like that. Um, one thing I get asked a lot is, uh, are they good enough for Astro? And I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, what do you want to do with your Astro shots? If you're looking to print Astro shots quite big and big enlargements, then there is probably better options on the market for that. Um, but if you're looking to shoot stuff and not print it much bigger than sort of A2, um, then I think the Olympus system and the Mark III, EM1 Mark III is a great camera. Um, they are great for Astro. Um, the lenses are really good. Uh, the 7 to 14 is an incredible lens for Astro. Uh, it's also an f2.8 lens, so it's quite fast. Um, the EM1 Mark III also has what they call starry autofocus. So one of the big uh, hurdles for people shooting stars is getting the focus right because cameras really struggle to autofocus on stars because it's just so black and there's little dots in the sky. It makes it really tricky. But the Olympus has a system where it actually has what's called starry autofocus. So it actually takes about 15 seconds, but it actually physically autofocuses on the stars. So it'll give you pin sharp stars uh, instead of trying to search around and get your camera manual focus properly. So I would say, look, if, if, if Astro was all you were shooting and you were going to do large prints of all your Astro work, I'd probably say, you know what, you could probably invest your money in something else, maybe like the Sony or back in a Canon or something like that. If it was an all-round purpose camera that you're looking for, but you like doing your Astro and Milky Way stuff, then I would have absolutely no hesitations in recommending the Mark III for someone. Um, they will do a good job. Uh, you know, I can shoot, you know, usually 15 to 30 seconds, wide open F2.8, F, uh, ISO 1600 is generally a, a, almost a sweet spot I've found for the Olympus cameras. And a lot of people come back and say, yeah, but they're really noisy and they don't do well in low light. Um, yeah, they, they have a, a bit of noise, but I, I don't think it's anything to be worried about. Every camera creates a bit of noise. Um, and with the systems that we have in place and the software, uh, you can get rid of noise so much better these days than what you used to. So um, I don't think that's a selling point or, or not a selling point if that it has a little bit more noise than any other sensor. But uh, yeah, so for Phil, um, I have no hesitations in recommending the Mark III. Um, like I said, unless you are looking to do really, really big prints of Astro, um, then I'd probably say you, you might not be as happy as what you might be with the Sony or the Canon. Good answer, Cam. Yep. As usual, Dear Cam has delivered. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not plugging Olympus, but I, I think uh, I've got some beautiful shots. Um, all the Aurora shots I've ever taken are all on the Olympus, um, all the Milky Way shots. that well, are One on, of them made that the cover of Australian Geographic, is that right? Yeah, one of them, uh, not the cover, made a big double-page spread. There you go. But maybe, yeah, so it was definitely so in there. It's good enough um, for Australian Geographic, Philip. Yeah. It's good enough for you. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, they can certainly handle their own. Um, and again, like if it's an everyday shooter, then you'll, you'll see a huge difference. Um, the big difference with the Olympus system versus the Canon mirrorless system is that you're still putting full frame lenses on cannons which weigh a lot of weight where the olympus have dedicated micro four-third lenses so they're a little bit smaller beautifully sharp this is um, actually but, um, a point that's overlooked a lot with olympus olympus not only were the first with mirrorless they were the first company that went you know what we don't make film cameras anymore let's get rid of our film lens lineup and they made brand yep. new lenses to suit the sensor from the very very yeah. start so um, some of their lenses are gorgeous yeah they are really good so so yeah you go phil uh phil emailed us as well so if you've got any follow-up questions feel free feel free feel free feel free to email us phil and we'll um give you more info if you have a deer cam question go ahead and send it to us via the link below or our uh as cam said email facebook whatever you want to do um 
we are also going to try and introduce another segment to the show, um, as if there wasn't enough already. Hey, did you guys get bang for yeah. your buck or what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that is your photography horror story. Uh, we want to hear them. People like to hear this kind of yeah. stuff. So we want to hear where it's all gone tits up for you, basically. Yeah. Where things have gone. Tripods down the tripods down the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no memory cards. Yeah. Whoops. There goes a two thousand dollar lens. Damn it. Cracked lens. The whole bit. Um, we want to hear it all. Yeah. Um, and and, and we'll, we'll we'll tell the stories. I gather that's what we're going to do. We're going to relay the stories to our listeners. Each week we will pick out our favourite story and we will read it out. Um, yep. And if your story gets read out, we will not only credit you. Um, I'll send you a cleaning cloth. <laughs> I tell you what. I'll, I'll up. I'll up the ante. I'll send him a book. I'll send him one of my books. Ooh. For the for the first person that does a horror story. The first person that puts it in the mail inbox Ooh. or posts it online, I'll give them a signed copy of my book. Nice. How about that? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, yep. and maybe later that. on we'll actually give them something valuable. Yeah, after they've finished using it as a paperweight, we'll give them something else. <laughs> no, that's terrible. Your book's awesome. No. I've got a copy of your book. It's great. No, um, no, done to dash now. Sorry. Um, now, uh, one thing I haven't mentioned yet was yesterday at 9.15 <clears> in the morning, we had an earthquake. If 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 there wasn't enough, you know, uh, I was sitting in my van outside my shop, and I thought the guy that ran the coffee shop was having a bit of a prank with me, and had snuck out behind my van and was rocking it. That's what it felt like. It felt like someone was rocking my van from the outside, and I'm like, what is? You know, I'm looking in the revision mirror. I couldn't see him. I thought, this is a bit weird. And the first thing I did was look at the trees to see if it was windy, right? But yeah, the, yeah. They, they, yeah, they were they were just sort of swaying a little, and they were actually rocking from the earthquake yeah. as well. Uh, right. So it was nuts. It was at, um, five point nine on the Richter scale, not far, yeah, not far yeah. from Bright, as a matter of fact, up yeah, Mansfield yeah, just, way. Just, so. just south of Buller, yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty, uh, pretty incredible stuff. Bugger all to do with photography, but I just thought it'd make an interesting thing that yeah. we had a bloody earthquake Is, here in Victoria. I saw a very funny post today. So Melbourne's obviously had a lot of COVID issues, a lot of lockdown. You've also got all the protests and upheaval going on at the moment, which is crazy. And then you had the earthquake and someone put up a photo of all these aliens hovering around at this spaceship going, shit, we're up next. I'm really nervous. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) pretty much. Mate, I've been keeping an eye on the Yu-Yangs over here. I think they're about to erupt. So um, that's that's probably next. And I think I saw a few dudes on horses. But anyway, that's another story. Um, So... (laughs) That's crazy. Now, Cam, you've been teasing us. I have been teasing. With do we do it now or do we hold it over next week? I don't know. Well, this, this is this is your news. Do we, we leave them on a cliffhanger or are you are you ready to talk about this or shall we? I reckon we talk about it. I reckon we've got maybe a few minutes up our sleeve to do yeah. it. So yeah. the news is that you know people are going to call me crazy, but I'm actually opening a gallery and uh, I'm going in with another photographer down here, Luke O'Brien. Uh, lukeobrien.com.au uh, another landscape photographer down here uh, we've been presented with an, a really really amazing opportunity to open our own little gallery space out in the beautiful township of Richmond so if you've ever been to Tassie, Richmond's where the classic old bridge is, it's got it's a beautiful historic town, it's got beautiful buildings lots of sort of art and craft things going on out there and little festivals so we're opening uh, a gallery uh, it's going to be opening on the weekend of the 9th of October so not next weekend the weekend after, I think it is, or the weekend after that. So we've got a couple of weeks to go. Um, that's what I've been doing all this week is actually preparing all the images and framing them all up and signing them and things like that. So we are opening uh, a gallery. Uh, it's going to be called the Tasmanian Photography Gallery. Uh, we haven't got a website going yet, but we do have a Facebook page. Uh, if you want to search it up, we'll put a link in the notes there. Uh, obviously, we can't invite everyone from main, the mainland yet because you can't get in here. But uh, once you do get down here, make sure you pop out to Richmond uh, we'll put all the details uh, in the post below on the description below. But yeah, it's going, it's going to be a little small gallery. We'll probably have you know anywhere from half a dozen to ten pieces of work hanging up for each of us. Uh, there'll also be books and postcards and posters, and people will be able to order bigger prints if they want from there as well. So it's really exciting. I've never had a gallery before. Um, I've, uh, Luke uh, O'Brien has actually run a gallery in Hobart before, so he's probably more versed in it than I am, but looking really uh, forward to getting out there. It'll probably be open sort of like Friday, Monday, Tuesday, sorry, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to start off with, and Luke and I will be out there uh, manning manning it as well. 
Um, and we also want it, we're trying to make it, it's going to hopefully turn into like a bit of a photography hub for Hobart and local Tasmanian photographers, you know, where they can come out on the weekend, catch up, say good day, come for a coffee, come talk shop, you know, just hang around, just pop in. It's not far from Hobart. Uh, we'll probably look at working, uh, running workshops out of there as well. Uh, so it's really going to open up a real new world to us. And we're super excited. It's a beautiful old building. It's actually an old historic uh, stables that's been converted into this gallery. Um, so we're, we're super, super pumped for this. So, and I saw all the images that have been printed out and framed today and I'm pretty happy with how they look. So awesome. can't wait. That's great. Yeah. No, I'm stoked for you. It's uh, it's, mm. it's a big step and it's a long time coming. I reckon you've got some fantastic photos that need to be seen. So um, yeah, let's, uh, yeah. yeah, no, hopefully people come and check it all out. Yeah. Um, to, yeah. So did Absolutely. you, have you got an official name? Uh, it is called the Tasmanian Photography Gallery. Beautiful. Easy. So it says it all there, doesn't it? You can't really stuff that up. So we do it, like <laughs> I said, we do, have a, we do have a Facebook page, which we'll put in the, the show notes so you can have a look at it. Um, and we'll have it online store so people will be able to purchase stuff. But really, it's just, it's a real, like I said, we've been given this opportunity uh, by someone in Richmond to, to put a gallery in this space. And it's a beautiful space and it's got this beautiful courtyard outside. It's all, it's all, historic it's lovely like all sandstone buildings and things like that so uh we jumped at an opportunity and uh we're going to do our very best to get our best work in there and uh everyone's welcome to come out come along we'll be there come in say day, have a chat you know bring bring your dear cam questions we'll answer them as well and um <laughs> and hopefully like i said whenever everything opens up uh, to the mainland we'll get some uh, some people from the mainland coming to say good day as well so really exciting uh, opening on on the weekend of the 9th of october excellent Great stuff. All right. Well, good luck with all that. That's going to be brilliant. We're interested to uh, hear its progression through the podcast. I'm sure we'll yeah. keep everyone up to date with how that's going. And as I yeah, say, beautiful. as Cam says, link in description to go and check that out. Um, I think that's us for a week, mate. I think I think we wrapped it up. You've survived. I know. <laughs> I, uh, a massive coughing fit in the middle that's been edited out classily by our editor. Yeah. yeah got thanks, a, editor. Got a very good editor. They, well, amazing work they do. Um the you've left a little note here about next week should i mention that uh yeah next week um i thought we might have a bit of a chat next week about how far you drive or hike or explore to get a photograph so i think it's a really good uh topic to talk about just just you know how far some of us, us professional photographers actually go to get a shot you'll be quite surprised surprised how far we don't go sometimes as well um, so a bit of a talk around, you know, how much it's all about that effort. How much effort do we put in to get shots, and you know how how that might be able to you know relate to your photography and where you live, and you know how far you can go, and how much access you have, pretty much. So very cool. Um, and of course, what we like to do at the end of each podcast is plug our little businesses and enterprises. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm my business is camera and photo. So you can find me at cameraandphoto.com.au. There's a link below. Uh, jump on the website, check it out. All your um, photo printing needs, all your uh, photographic equipment. Drop us a line if you want to. If you've got any questions about any equipment that you're looking to buy, that's what we're here for. Um, as I mentioned last week, I've been in discussions with a couple of people who listen to the podcast who are keen uh, to talk to me about getting stuff printed, getting stuff framed, that sort of stuff, which is awesome. Um, yep. it's been, uh, it's been a trying little period for us all, but we're getting there. Business hopefully yep. will, uh, hopefully I'll have both shops back open next week. Lockdown, not, not, uh, what's the word? Uh, lock, lockouts, not pending. So not pending. Yeah. 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 Let's hope. yeah so, yeah. um, and Cam, your little, uh, website. Uh, yeah. E- easiest one for me. I've got a couple, they all go to the same place, but we'll just go, uh, camblakephotography.com.au. Uh, like I said, I, I've got a little bit coming up at the moment, but nothing too crazy. Hopefully, we'll get out on the weekend and get some snow shots um, and get a bit of a, a bit of a look around. I am doing something pretty cool next week as well, which I'll, I'll relay to everyone. Uh, hopefully, it works. Hopefully, the weather clears up and we might be able to go up, up and away, maybe with the camera. Mm. So we're working on that as well. So, um, but that's that's us. Um, I'd like to say good luck to you, Brendan. I wish all the best for you this weekend. <laughs> well, for what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I Thank you very much. Losing sucks, but very yeah. very very excited <laughs> and win lose yeah. or draw very very proud of my Melbourne Demons who yeah. have made it all the way to the AFL grand final. Very very yeah. excited. Must might also just chuck in there that I'm absolutely wrapped for the Bulldogs as well who've 
who yeah. we've, there, there's no escaping. We've been the best two team, best two teams pretty much all year. So it seems yeah. like the best two teams have made it to the big dance, which is brilliant. Yeah. And if we had to lose yeah. to someone, well, it might as well be the yeah. the, the doggies. So. Um, yeah, and for for those who don't know Brendan personally or as well as I know Brendan, he is a true blue Melbourne supporter, but he's also a true blue Aussie a rules for supporter. So he loves the game, he loves the sport. So I, I wish nothing more than seeing the tears roll down his eyes at around about ten o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, either, either way, way. <laughs> either way, uh, um, that that, but, yeah. that already happened when we won the prelim. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate that. And uh, cool. look, I'll either be really upbeat next week or down in the dumps. But hey, we'll, we'll, we'll pump out another down south photo show yeah. anyway. We will talk to we you will. guys then. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. That was fun. <laughs>